Right, welcome to the uh, Progress of Unity podcast, and uh, this evening we're going to take a quick look back at the Derby game. We've got a special guest with us this evening of uh, Juve Rosler, so he's going to be speaking a little bit later on, and we're going to dissect what he says, and then we're going to have a look at the Fulham game. Five panellists this evening, there's myself, there's Gareth, there's Pete, there's Rob, and there's Dan. How are we all doing, fellas? Hello. Very well, thanks. Good Quite stuff. well, yes. Good stuff. Right, Gareth, Statman, have we got some stats from, from the uh, from the Derby game at the weekend? Yes, and it'll be a pleasure to read them out of them. Yes, the game, Derby versus Wigan Athletic on Saturday. Possession, 46% to Derby and 54% to the Latics. Attempts, Derby managed 12, Wigan 18. On target, Derby managed 2 and Wigan managed 8. Derby had five corners, Wigan eight. Derby committed 13 fouls, Wigan 16. Derby got one yellow card, Latics got five. Fortunately, no reds. And the score, Derby won, Wigan Athletic two. Right, yes. the two staffs though that I really like are attempts on target eight and bookings five. Because for me, that's, that's telling us that um, is that fella again on that bike and yeah, last week? Uh, well, that's telling us is um, we're missing the target, which makes a massive difference when we score two goals. And also, we're getting stuck in. We're picking up booking. I know some of them were um, like Callum's dive or if so-called yeah, boot for diving. I've, I've not managed to see that incident again, so I don't. I can't really say. Yeah, that was a bit fishy. That if you ask me, the whole incident with McManaman. Yeah. But I'd like to make a point about what we were talking about last week. Do you think the club actually listened to these podcasts? Because the two things we said, not enough shots on targets, and strangely, not enough yellow cards. Oh, so we said three things. What was we also three? mentioned Roger Espinosa. Yes. Okay. One of the moment, Pete was down there at, at the iPro. Lovely ground. It is, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of my favourite yeah. away days, that. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the game, Pete? Well... I suppose it, one thing that you could say that sums it up, talking about shots on target, I turned to my, uh, my brother and my friends after, I think it was on the scoreboard, 1 minute 55 seconds or something, when we had our first shot on target. And the first five minutes, we were solidly in the derby half. And we started looking at each other, and, well, what's, what's, what's this? Is it just a flash in the pan? But the whole performance from the outset was on the front foot it was taking the game to Derby you know, in a way that we haven't really seen this season and yeah, and it just carried on the whole way and I think I don't think there's any question about it we were the better team mm. and I yeah. think quite a few Derby fans said to well I've had quite a bit of feedback obviously mm. we had some Derby lads on last week and, and they've all been in touch and said uh, that you know, we, we deserve the, the victory, which is quite magnanimous of them, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's very good. Mm. Um, the first thing that I'd like to mention is is the Callum McManaman dive. I mean, where you were stood, it was at the far end from yeah, you, you weren't it? So you can see it. Anyway, else, I've seen this on the internet, um, and Dan's not in his head. What do you make of it, Dan? I thought it was a bit weird when I first saw it because I thought. Has he been booked for diving though? Has he seriously been booked for diving? Or did he go in for a challenge earlier that the referee played play on? I, I convinced myself it was the latter because there was no way that that was a dive. Well, the Derby lad got boots as well, didn't he? Did the Derby lad get boots in that incident? Oh. Because he grabbed hold of him, I think. 
Oh, well, Malbi think there's something else oh, okay. anyway. anyway. So maybe there was a bit of fisticuffs. Must have been, must have been a bit of yeah, actors. We know. weren't there after all. So. No. Mm. Right, what would like us to do? Um, I mean, we've given uh, our boss a little bit of, well, some of us have, me, self included, given the boss a little bit of stuff. And he deserved it too. So he did, yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. And, and I'm not getting carried away because we won't get one game. And the, the big test for me is, is, is the game to come, not the game we've, we've just won. But I think we should have a listen to his post-match interview. He carried this out with the BBC, and he, he, he talks about some interesting things that I think we'll find. So what we'll do, we'll just have a quick listen, and uh, then we'll discuss what he says. Nobody gave us a chance. A lot of people talked about who wasn't here, and I think the player who was here today uh, did the absolutely spiritual footballing top performance, the best away performance since I've been in the football club, where we had a, a combination of completely, completely dedication to the game plan, sacrificing and running themselves, sacrificing and running themselves into the ground for the team, demonstrating that we are not a group of individuals, that we are starting to come together and be a team, and having obviously a footballing quality where we completely, in my opinion, control the game. 55% possession, more possession than the best footballing team in the country, and that is for me, Derby. And having 18 attempts, that speaks volumes for our team. If you could talk us through the 90 seconds of madness before half-time, you must have been pulling your hair out, thinking... I don't have <laughs> Thinking that the, the footballing gods were just... If you had any hair, you would have been pulling it out at the footballing gods being against Wigan this season. Yeah, and I think I could not put it in better words than you said it now. So I felt what was with me in penalties. Um, the worst thing was that we not missed the penalty. The worst thing was that we conceded 30 seconds before half-time. And I, to be honest, at that point, I was very, very happy the way we played. At that point, I didn't know how we would go in the second half because in the situation we were in, with the pressure we was on, we didn't know how the players would react. Will they go in the shell? Uh, will they feel sorry for themselves? And they didn't. And they came out, stabilised themselves, and then went, went on the front foot again. And um, I'm astonished and I'm so proud that uh, how they reacted as a group, where, where there was question marks, are we a team, are we a group of individuals? And I think the players who were here today, they answered the question in a very Im impressive way. Coming also on with James McLean, the players who didn't sulk, not started coming on and, and make a big impact. Got uh, Rob Keane in the last minutes, he didn't have his centre-half on the bench. I think, overall, uh, they did themselves very, very proud. And to be 100% honest with us here, was it managerial genius or was Callum McManaman injured and that's what brought James McLean onto the pitch to, to change no, the game? I think it was a massive decision for me to make. Uh, first of all, we, the game plan was clearly we needed the, the most energy, energetic players on the field today to pressurise them the way we did last year and won the game and the way we did this year and won the game and obviously Callum is not known for for being a 90 minutes energetic player he's known for incredible ability with the ball and, but I had the impression I had a feeling that we needed him and he did very very well in the training yesterday that gave me the last little push to go for him James McKenna played a lot of football last two and a half weeks he had five games over 90 minutes and um, both players including Callum did fantastically and uh, obviously James, the main thing from James was why he had played so well today, he didn't sulk, he understood the reason, he kept, he kept focus, he watched the game and he came on and finished, finished the job off in a very impressive way. 
that is all about being a team player and being in and working in a team and working with a squad of players. I'm very very happy with both of them. I thought the, the most interesting word in there was used twice, and that was sulk. Sulk, yeah, 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 it was, yeah, and uh, directed to James McLean, which. So the, the, only, the only thought I had was, is did he mean, or was he inferring that James McLean had been sulking in the past, or was he suggesting that other players have been sulking, and he was singling McLean out that well he's not been, but perhaps others have been. I'm not quite sure. I think whatever the case, it is telling, and it reflects some of the results we've been having recently. It kind of, he kind of admits. That we've been having a few wobbles in the dressing room, perhaps. I don't think there's any secret, is there? That, that there's been things happening, and I think James McLean himself has uh, has, has, has not bit his tongue at certain times, has he? He's come out and said things. I suppose it, it, it depends because we're not sort of within that inner circle of the team, as you will. Uh, it's difficult to say whether it's a positive thing because. If McLean's having to go to other players saying you're not doing your job properly, why are you not doing this, why are you doing that, then that's what you've got to be doing. If things are not going well, you've got to say to your team there, look, you're not doing this part of your job, what you should be doing. Or has it just been having a pop for the wrong reasons? And that's what we don't know the ins and outs of, isn't it? Well, what I got from it was the fact that I'd been left out. You know, we know there was a big, uh, the big histrionics the last time he was left out against Bournemouth and where he was sat in the stand and apparently bad money in the club to, to, to anybody who talked to him. And it, what I took it Rosler this time was saying that he reacted in the way he expected him to react that, alright, I've been left out, uh, I might not agree with you, but if you put me on that pitch I'm going to show you what I can do, which is what he did, didn't he, with two goals. Yeah. McLean is known for not... Packing his opinions in a little box, isn't he? Well, yeah. Mm. I, I mean, people are different, aren't they? You know, there's there's five of well, there's actually six of us because uh, Mike says lost us some some uh, treacle caramels in this evening. Very, very nice. But us six are different people, aren't we? We all have different ways of expressing ourselves, and, and some of us are more like, forthright than others with our opinion. Um, Gareth, can I ask this? <laughs> we talked about Rossler's interview here, and. Pete picked upon one word, sulk. Can I mention a word that Uwe mentioned a couple of times, which is a more positive word, team. Because he referred to the team, the team, and suggested that finally they're all playing as a team, pulling in the same direction, which is a positive. Mm. Yeah. It is, and I thought uh, uh, something as well, I mean, he dispelled the myth about Germans and North Sansomia in that interview. <laughs> <laughs> when he, he was talking about, you know, when the interviewer said, you, I bet you were pulling your ear out, and he just cracked yeah, off laughing. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's, that's that. for a man who's been under pressure, to, to, to have that sort of, uh, that coolness and be, and be able to take it on the chin and then laugh, he, he's good, it shows that yeah. he has a lot of, he does have some, some inner, inner strength in a fight. It was exactly the same when we spoke to him on the fan, the fan sites forum last year as well, wasn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, he talks a lot about energetic pressing as well. Um, that, which is, are we getting, going to go back to that? Because uh, this is what he professed that sort of football we've been playing, and one of our biggest criticisms this season is that we've not been seeing any of this. Uh, come off at Derby, mm -hmm. is, is that what we're going to do? Has he seen something? What did you think of Ros Roger Espinosa? Yeah. I thought he. 
um, he reminded me of the Espinosa that used to play for us. <laughs> um, you know, when he, when, he, when he first came. Yeah, um, when he used to get a game. When he used to play. I didn't... I didn't go quite overboard about his performance. I wouldn't have thought he was man of the match, for example. Um, but a lot of people did think he was. Um, but I did think he was... Um, it, it did an awful lot for us. He, he's, and everybody knows he, 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 his greatest strength is um, through his own energetic play, bringing energy into the team. Um, and I think that's... Listening to that interview, that was the game plan. But can I make a point? I, I think um, the manager's done himself a disservice in the past when he's talked about um, this high-tempo pressing game. I think people have got the impression that is the game that we're always going to see from him. But I think he did make the point somewhere along the line that that is his preferred style and that there are going to be games where because of the opposition, because of the tactics that, that, that he'll choose to use, we're not going to see that. Mm. Um, and I think it's then, after a game like that, where we did do that, we, we were in the faces, we pushed them high up the pitch, we created an awful lot of chances, the temptation is to think, right, we're going to see that again and again and again. I don't think we will. We'll see it sometimes, yeah. but other times, I think, he's, I, I think he's said this, he's going to be concentrating more on Possession, you know, to take the sting out of the game, to control the game, and we might be further back in our own half when we're doing that. Yeah, Rosler did specifically state there as well that the reason why I was playing the high pressing game in this particular game is because it had success against Derby last That's season, right, yeah. and we beat them because of it. Yeah. So I agree that I don't think we were, we will take from that, and we're going to learn from it, but I don't think. I shouldn't think that we've been doing that every single game afterwards. No. Yeah. If there's one game where we was going to do it, it had to be against Derby, because as Rosler said in his interview, they're the best football inside in our division, and you can't afford to give free scoring teams time on the ball, because as we know, they're very good at home, and they play some great football. But as we, we've shown that if you put them under pressure win the ball out the pitch, that, that's what was doing. And that's probably contributed to the fact how many shots that we've had on target. Winning that ball higher up the pitch, you've got a shorter distance to your, your opposition goal, haven't mm -hmm. you? Yeah. But personally, I, I think um, that's a style what I play every game. Just think, like I've just said myself then, you can, the higher you win the ball at the pitch, the closer you are to opposition goal. And if you're doing that against teams that are not particularly good on the ball at the back, you're going to cause more and more mistakes. And I think that's a recipe which would work better against teams lower down, given the fact there's more mistakes at the back. Now, I don't know if anyone agrees with that, but that's uh, it's, something, it's just a style I think that's what mm. we should the, be the, doing. The, the, the main weakness that, that we've got as a, um, as a team, though, if we play that style all the time, is that if we're playing high up the pitch, your defence has got no pace in it at all. That, that is an issue. And, yeah. if, and if you're coming up against a team who've got, they might not be particularly skillful, you know, they might be further down the, the, the division than, um, well, not possible to get much further down the division than we're worried about at the moment, but they might not have particularly skillful players. And if they start putting balls over the top for speedy forwards to run onto, 
we're going to be in trouble pretty straight. Yeah, just like I say, if you, you, well, what you do though, you look at your opposition forward line, is there any pace in it, it and adjust it to suit, yeah. drop deeper 10 yards. Yeah. Uh, but when we start doing that, you see, that's when people start saying, why has he changed the tactics? Why aren't we, why aren't we doing what we did yeah, last week? Don't worry about what the fans think, do you, as long as you're getting it right, and I don't think we've got it right a lot of the time this no. season, to be fair. No, we haven't. Does it not underline it though and bring it home to us and him that he's just done it against the best so surely we could do it against the rest if you know what I mean. Yeah, but it depends on how give the team. too much respect and you're playing too negatively Poss- at times or rather not positively Possibly. enough. Hmm. Possibly. I wouldn't disagree mm-hmm. with that, no. I think he worries too much about the opposition. That's been my big... After yeah. seeing him for a year my big criticism would be yeah. Uh, you, you concern yourself too much with the opposition yeah I think you're spot on there Barry because it, it, at first last, when he came in last season and we were seeing three, four, five changes every game I thought that was genuinely going to stop because he kept referring to the fact he didn't think the players were fit enough when he first came in and I thought that was a big issue of it and he was chopping and changing the players who was you know most tired and I thought we was stop gonna stop seeing that because I think we've got the the quality within our squad to play with our own style on a weekly basis, and teams worry about us because we've got that quality. It, 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 that for a tactic way you change things tactically on a weekly basis. That's what a lower Premier League side should be doing to nullify the opposition threat. But when we're look, we're gonna be. We want to, you know, be in the top two or whatever come the end of the season. That was our target. Then I think it's a bit out of it, Yeah, ironically, in a way, if you think back to what Martinez did, he was keeping pretty much the same, give or take the odd change, pretty much the same lineup, pretty much the same formula each game, and it mostly gave us some success. Martinez, I thought, I thought Martinez's patterns of play changed every ten minutes in a game you used to watch it and, and the way it was so interchangeable I mean we've been blessed with that haven't we being able to watch somebody mm. as tactically aware as, as Martinez and maybe that spoils a little bit with what mm. followed well, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, see, I'd, I'd agree with what you were saying there Barry about um, worrying about the opposition but in, I think in the modern game you do do your analysis on the opposition and you do take into account the way that they play I think Perhaps, though, what's happening is that rather than, say, when Roberto was manager, I think we'd focus on the opposition weaknesses. I think there's perhaps too much emphasis on the opposition strengths now. And that it looks that way anyway. Sometimes um, how we're playing is based on, right, we've got to nullify the, the, the speedy winger or whatever it might be. Um, rather than saying, well, hang on, we've got good players of our own who can cause them problems, let's yeah. focus our mm. strengths on them, put, put them in the right place on the pitch and, and so on. At some point, though, this must have done Rosley good because look what he did with Brentford, success there, and in his first, what, 20, 30 games, well, yeah. 20 games for us, 16. it was successful. Well, Barry knows exactly how <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He looks at his calendar every day and thinks, yeah, yeah. ah. Yeah, and, and this week it's Kelly uh, Rock. Do you remember Kelly Lerbrock? Kelly Lerbrock, yeah. Well, the musician? Never heard of her. The musician? Kelly Lerbrock. No, yeah. We'd never heard yeah. Weird Science, never seen Weird, weird Science. Science. What was that one she was in with uh, Gene Wilder? 
Uh, Lady in Red. Lady in Red. Oh, she stood over that. <laughs> Tell you what. I remember it. Oh. So what, what's the shot? Stunner. Yeah. Not a clue. I've, All right. I've completely lost track of what we're up to. So yeah, that'll be a good point to move on. Why is it when I open my mouth this happens? We yeah. go into random yeah. territory. Anyway. Can I, can I just about the, the, the general state of affairs with the, the, the club and, and the team and so on? Um, personal opinion completely, but... Um, I think, it's, and it's, it's not it's not easy to accept this. I think, but I think we're in like a developmental stage, which we perhaps didn't anticipate at the beginning of the season. We definitely didn't. Well, I didn't. No, we thought we were going to be, you know, top top yeah. six and, and perhaps you know push it, pushing even higher than that. When I look back to that, that the first game of the season against Reading, I remember coming away from that game thinking we were so bad. I thought. This isn't going to correct itself by the next match. This isn't going to correct itself even within four matches, and and I think that's the way it's turning out to be. Um, and I think, with a bit of hindsight, although we're, we're nowhere near the the end yet, things like losing Jordi Gomez, John Bolsonaro during the summer, James MacArthur at the end of August, they, these things kind of things have had a big impact. Bringing in new new players who are getting used to the division, getting used to a new country in in, in some cases. Um, We've been asking quite a lot of them, and yeah, it happens at some clubs where everything clicks straight away and, and um, they, they can hit the ground running. Um, but more often than not in football, things do take a bit more time than fans expect, fans want. Um, and I think that's where we are, and that's why I think when it comes to Saturday, for example, we might not be as good as we were last week. I think it might be a case of two steps forward, one step back, and I think that might be going on for some time yet. Mm. Gareth, did you want to come in? I disagree. I'm sorry. I, I've been listening to these excuses and what have you, these times to, to the players to settle in, times for players to adjust. We're talking about top grade players here. We're talking about a fellow who's captain this country. He's one mm. of the players. You know, um, if, if they should come in and play football at this level, anywhere. Uh, Emmy Hughes has played football to a high level Don Cowie's played football to a very high level so these players to me should be able to adapt and, and, and fit in pretty much straight away and to underline it what's Maynard Figueroa excuse me Maynard Figueroa have done I mean it's not taken him very long to settle in has it he's gone in brilliant straight away two games two massive performances I, I don't buy this settling in malarkey at all I think I think we're too negative right. um I, th- I think. Well, I, I'm, only, I'm only going off um, what managers say. Um, yeah. And if you, I mean, for example, you, t- you take um, uh, when, when we first got Aruna Kone, and he did settle in straight away. And but Roberto Martinez said it was one of the things that he's never seen a player come from abroad and adapt to English football so quickly. Hmm. Um, so that's n- that is the exception, and then. We're wondering why Andy Delore and, and Oriel Riera aren't doing the business for us yet. I think there's a lot of very good reasons why that might be. It might be the case that they're not good enough. It might also be the case that um, it's the manager's fault. I think the, 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 the truth is more likely to be that they just need some time. Marubasali. <coughs> yeah. 
Right. How many we'll, years do you give him? Right, we'll, <laughs> we're going to move on because we'll be here all, 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 all night. We can debate this all night. Um, quick look at the, at the uh, league table. Uh, although I agree with Gareth that we have been very poor, we're only eight points off the playoff spot. Which in itself is quite amazing. And I think it probably sums up the division that we're in at, at the moment. I think it'll take a bit more than a few wins just to get us up there, though. You're forgetting about the fact that these other teams, they're going to win. The, yeah, uh, well, what? no, 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 I'm not saying uh, we're going to shoot up the table. Away. And, anyway, what I'm saying is we're still within uh, reaching point. When Rosler came in, we was we were about, what was within nine points below the playoffs when he came in. Was we not further? Well, 12th. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were a couple of games in hand, though, weren't we? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. of the Europa League. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, it showed, we showed there how quickly things can change. Mm. And we see it every season, don't we, with a team in the league. You know, they come from nowhere. Mm. I mean, the, the greatest example for me is, is Crystal Palace back in 2003-04 season when they uh, they were in a very similar position to us. We beat them 5-0 and then they sacked their manager and they never looked back after that. Hull, I remember Hull being next to bottom in November and got an automatic promotion. The thing is, if you look at the table, we're more than capable of going on an 8-10 game winning spree, mm. and that'll put us up right in the automatic mm. spots, probably. We went on to do that, and then the form sort of petered out, but you had the form of sort of a top six there. So it's, it is all to play for, but... We've got a long way to go, haven't we? We've won one game. But we've got opportunity coming up. Three teams we've got next are all below, isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah. Um, before we move on, I mean, we've got the best goal difference outside the top 12 on minus one. Mm. By, by a long chalk, yeah. we've got the best. Um, so, yeah. again, I mean, I think what, when people talk about you having a poor side, I think that I always look at the, at the goal difference and see what it is. If you're looking at like minus 14, minus 16, then you think. There's something seriously wrong there, but if it's it's like the minus one, minus two, um, and, you, and you're down at the bottom of the table at that end after after like a dozen games, what we've played, there's not that much really, is it? It's not saying you're not getting turned over week in week out, you know, and it's something that just needs to it needs to kick on for me. Let them shackles off. Let's get it. Let's get them done. Like you say, Rob, three games coming up now, Fulham. Bolton and Brighton, Fulham, Brighton and Bolton, what an opportunity, what an absolute opportunity, because they're like three home games aren't they, hmm. you know that's the thing, so anyway we'll, we'll take a look at the first one first. Well, one point about the table though is that um, saying eight points off the, the playoffs, but there's only three points separating all those top six teams, so eight points off the playoffs, we're only 11 points off the top. Yeah. And last week we just beat the guys at the top, so yeah. Yeah. shows. Yeah, get, very, your very, get your money on very, the last tight at the top. That centre one's probably uh, about 31 at the moment, is it, Gareth? I was going up. I, I remember when we started the season, we were favourites, and then I remember winning two games on the trot, and we sat around this table all excited, thinking, this is it, we're going to kick on now. And what happened? Yeah. Yeah, I hope we kick on this time, though. I sincerely hope we well, kick on. Dan said the magic word, international break. We've always been awful after an international break, and we've not got one for a, for a week. <laughs> a two. <laughs> for a week. For a week or two. <laughs> but anyway, we've got Fulham in town on Saturday. Now, Lassix and Fulham have met 42 times. That's quite, quite a, a large number, you know. Uh, I always think us and Fulham have been on a similar journey since, since they um, 
90s, haven't we? Mm-hmm. we? We've gone up through through the divisions mm-hmm. together, and now uh, we've come down the divisions as well. When we promoted from the old Div 3 the same year. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, and if the rules were in place as they are today on goal difference, they'd have, been, they'd have been they'd champions. Have been second, yeah. wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, we'd have been second, but we changed them around a little bit, and uh, mm-hmm. we ended up winning, because we'd scored more goals. That yeah, we had, it, there was some tremendous battles on them pitches. Good old... Uh, Terry Angus, Graham Jones, yeah, when he, yeah, when he yeah. stuck the nut on. Yeah, that, he got sent off. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. matching the snow with the yellow ball mm. uh, when we did Keegan in that 2 0. Yeah, that yeah. was a tremendous game. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've played, like I said, we've played for two times. Fulham's had the better of things. We've only got 10 wins, they've got 18. And there's been 14 draws. So, I'd imagine quite a lot of those 18 games they've won have been at Wigan yeah <laughs> well, the last, we've not won any of the last 13 that we've played believe yeah, it or not and really? our last victory goes back to 2006 October and that was at Craven Cottage Henry Kamara pops in a goal we won 1-0 mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. was that that Screamer no that was no, the Newcastle no. game yeah. wasn't it no Sorry. Sunderland that Dan you're thinking of oh, yeah uh, Fulham's current form is quite good actually the last 6 games they've won 4 Drawn one, only one loss in there. And Hugo is uh, he's bagging the, the goals in, he's on five at the moment. Uh, mm. Ross McCormack's on four. Have you got any other stats on him? Well, Gary? yeah, can I just say something about that form that you've just mentioned, uh-huh. Um Fulham started the season very badly, if you think back. And mm. Felix McGaff was sacked on September the 18th, following 11 games without a win. And they were sat bottom of the league. Since then, with Kit Simons as caretaker manager, things have been a little different. They've played seven, won four, drawn one and lost just two, picking up 13 points. So they're doing okay well, under uh, Kit Simons. Yeah, yeah. They've stuff last night, haven't they? Yeah, they get started. They lost in, in the, uh, That's the yeah, Capital League. One Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. is, they lost. Um, the referee is a guy called James Adcock. He's only uh, a young lad from Nottingham. He's a PE teacher. Uh, he's uh, refereed us twice before uh, our own game with it for its last season where we won 2-0 and our away replay with MK Dons in the FA Cup uh, where we came from behind and, and uh, mm-hmm. got through it's always his dream to be a referee wasn't it Barry and oh. he opened a bottle of champagne he did he took it around his dad's didn't he his dad, yeah. his dad was a line or where have you got that information oh, from uh, off of that brilliant website uh, what's called Vital Latin oh. so a brilliant yeah. article on a Match to match versus called Meet the Ref. Meet the Ref, yeah. It's the highlight of me any week. <laughs> it's quite a popular one, that. Yeah, it is quite a popular little article. Uh, our feature, shall I say. And, and uh, we get an insight into the life of referees. Yeah, five red cards, if I remember correctly. In fact, uh, I'm going to put a show out here. I'm going to try and get a, a referee to come in one day and we can, we can interview him. There's a local referee who's actually refed in the... Um, in the Premier League this season, uh, Paul Tina. Mm, I'm going to see if Paul, I know Paul, I'm going to see if he'll come in and. Got some interesting questions for him. Yeah. yeah ask yeah. the referee. Ask the referee. So, so that, well, that's something we'll look into. Anyway, let's move on. So, what do we make of Fulham? How do we see things going? What do we expect? Gareth, we'll start with you. Well, they're on the rule of form. Are we going for a prediction? We're just talking about it. Just give us both. Just give, give us, us a little chat and a bit of a prediction. They're on quite a run of form, and the captain Scott Parker, 
and we've had a few uh, run-ins with Scott Parker over yeah. the years. I remember him and Glee Catapult having a few spats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 when he was dying fish, when he was crying up Yeah, so you know, no doubt he'll be uh, sticking his foot in. I also uh, remember Scott Parker getting a slap after we relegated West Ham. Do you, do you remember that? Off a fan, but he never reacted to it, which yeah, I thought was quite good. You remember when we were relegated yeah, West Ham? Yeah, yeah. All, all, all the fans were on the pitch. That was the most exciting game of football oh. I've ever seen. Okay. And apparently, one of the support uh, supporters slapped him around the face. It's not, not hard. It was so apoplectic that he didn't realise. Well, no, I think I think he he, he, he controlled himself, and I thought it was. Uh, although I don't like him, I thought it was quite quite uh, good that he did that. Sorry, Gareth. <laughs> Two two, Jeff. Yeah. And the top scorer. Does anybody know who Fulham's top scorer? Hugo Raniega. Who is that? Hugo. <laughs> yeah, one of the former players. <laughs> Italy's, you know, the, they've hit some form, and uh, but but I'm hoping we can we can do them. Yeah, I'm hoping we can win two 0 Come on, Wigan. Pete, I'm not a great believer normally in you know past results against teams, you know, because they shouldn't really have any bearing, should they? But they have become a bogey team for us at, at home and um, sometimes we've battered them and we've still lost um, and I just think as I've said before that, that, that you know this isn't a we're not the finished article yet by any means uh, despite the win last week um, and while I'm hoping for a much improved display I don't think we're going to win on Saturday Is that it? Right, okay. Rob? Yeah, uh, as it's been said, Fulham have had a massive upturn in form in recent weeks. Kip Sermons has seemed to be getting them playing some decent football. They had an excellent win at home at the weekend, 3-0, against what looks like a decent Charlton outfit. Uh, they've got players scoring goals again, as we said, Roddy Eger, he scored an absolutely brilliant goal Saturday, I don't know if anybody's seen that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He cut in, great turn. We've got goal scorers in this hour, a bit of experience with Parker, uh, and a good mixture of youth and experienced players. I think it's going to be tough. I'm hoping, again, hoping that we've turned the corner with Saturday's performance and result. I hope we don't make too many changes from that uh, from the starting eleven Saturday. Oh well, the team what finished actually because the team are clean to get the start. And I, I, I hope we're going to sneak it probably two one. Dan, I agree that this could be a real turning point in the season. We've got to take it by the scruff of the neck and go and run with it. Really, be positive now. I think Rosler's stumbled across a winning formula by hook or by crook, finally, after 14 games. But I do think the crowd at the DW this season have been dying, dying for a result, especially in the last couple of months. And we've really been getting behind the lads. So, time for some repayments, I think. Yeah, 2-0, Wigan. 2-0. Well, I also remember some of the uh, games through the years. And one what sticks out in my mind was... Uh, we played Fulham and we was on match of the day uh, and it was uh, the game after Fulham had played in Rome relatively unglamorous yeah Europa in the Europa League and and they showed um, pictures of the fountains in Rome and the squares and then they showed a school's precinct and (laughs) they had uh, some opera music on and then they showed a brass band and it was really condescending to Wigan it was an awful 
awful day. And that was one of the games where we hammered them and they snatched it. I think Clint Dempsey scored. It was a game where uh, Clint Dempsey stiff-armed Maynard Figueroa and Maynard Figueroa got boots. And it was, it was just a ridiculous, ridiculous thing. So we owe them a bit of payback for, for that alone. We beat them every time we play them because of that game, I think. And rub their noses in it like they rubbed ours in it. But I can't get angry at them because I think the I, I like them. I don't know why. I don't know if they're a decent club or not, but I always think of us when I, when I look at Fulham. Um, so I think, I think this is a bigger game than Saturday. We won on Saturday. This is the big game now because we've got to build on that. And if we don't, we're back to square one. Mm. I can't even bear thinking about that. So I'm going to say we'll win. One nil. Mm. Hopefully. Do you think we'll scrape it then? Do you think it'll be a very, very tight game and we'll just... No, I think it'll be entertaining. But uh, we've got, uh, for me, the, the difference over the last six games has been the reintroduction of Leon Barnett. Now, he's not a Premier League defender, he's not a top quality defender. What he is is a championship hard man and he's brilliant to have and I think he's made all the difference. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Uwe Rosler made him captain on, on Saturday yeah. uh, speaks volumes that mm-hmm. he's been playing well. Um, and I think you know he he will keep uh, Hugo quiet, and that's the thing with it. You know, so that's that's what uh, hopefully will happen. Hey, One nil. Just make a couple of points about um, uh, Saturday. Quick, quick points which I think are relevant. One, um, a big shout for Rob Keenan because he was playing so poorly at the beginning of the season, and he came back in on Saturday because Ivan Ramis was was injured, and he didn't really put a foot wrong the whole match. It was it was absolutely top class performance. I thought. Um, and the other thing, uh, which again is surprise given how people have been unhappy over the weeks, the amount of vocal support for the manager again. It was incredibly, incredibly loud, um, and I think there's an awful lot of people who've got an awful lot of goodwill towards him, and I think this is what's um, carrying him through at the moment. Yeah. Well, you always get a bit of trouble on away games, don't you? Anyway, so. Yeah. You know, that, that comes. Anyway, uh, time's pressing, we've got to move on. We've got Brighton on Tuesday. Now, I don't want to preview that too much, if that's all right. Um, but what I'd like to say about that is that uh, there's a bit of an experiment going on at the DW Stadium. And the Latics are having something called Beanback, where the, the game's been being live back to the DW for the princely sum of a fiver each. If you're a season ticket holder, if you're not, it's eight quid. Um, but it's in the marquee. Um, there is another team who haven't started the season quite as well as they expected. There's Sammy Upia down there. They, they've lost. Uh, we're losing the striker, Julio. Julio Iglesias. Yeah, Hazua. Um, seems to have affected them in, in you know quite a big way. Um, it'll be a tough game. I'm not using that, won't it, Daniel Brown? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that that's basically all I wanted to mention about Brighton. Dan wants to mention something before we do finish. Yes, indeed. This is the <coughs> the official announcement of a new fanzine which has just been released by the name of Olgon Matics, as in they've all gone Matics. And you can buy it from the bridge on Saturday before the Fulham game. That's a price of two pounds, and it has a total of. Let's see, 36, 35 pages for you to peruse through, including an article from myself, huh? Dan, at JWAR, and 
There's a quiz in here as well. Would you like a question? Well, just give us one down before we finish. Okay. If I can get to the right page. Which non-league side knocked Latics out of the FA Cup in 2001? Can be Ireland. Oh, you've given away the answer. People were supposed to buy the fanzine to find out. Oh, well. <laughs> no, I think that was too easy, that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I won't read another one out no. because no time's pressing. Okay. Right. Before, before we do finish and before you, you, you do buy the fanzine, um, there's been a spectre hanging over the Latics this past few weeks. Um, and we know Uveros has been getting a bit twitchy. And the spectre has been Owen Coyle. And with the Derby game on the horizon, people were expecting that maybe uh, Rosler might get the sack like Cole did. But the ghost has been exercised. There's no longer a ghost in this house. We're free. <laughs> so on that note, with it being the Halloween special, it's a good night from me. It's a good night, it's a good night, from, night from him. Good night. Good night.